Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are in the world. Welcome to the Influential You podcast. I'm Josh D'Amigo, lead faculty for Influential You and your co-host for this weekly podcast. John is still on vacation. At Influential You, we teach you how to take charge of your career and amplify your professional influence. Since 2009, we've helped thousands of business owners, executives, and entrepreneurs become more influential, more rewarded, and more you. Today, we have Summer Anderson, the author with her brand new book, Start Within, Better ROI Begins With You on our podcast. Summer is a graduate of our Fundamentals of Transaction and our Mechanics and Practice programs, and I had the pleasure of becoming her client manager about midway through the Mechanics and Practice. And I can tell you this, she's a brilliant thinker, so grab a pen and get ready because when she starts to speak, something valuable is about to be said. Summer is the Managing Director at Zergy Partners, LLC. She holds her Bachelor's in Sociology from UC Berkeley, and as you'll hear in this podcast, is a lifelong learner and avid reader. She has over 20 years of global experience in shaping retained executive-level recruiting strategies and delivering results for companies such as Allergan, Booz Allen Hamilton, and various Fortune 500 technology and fast-growth e-commerce companies. She's married to Tom for over 26 years and has three daughters, Ella, Lily, and Ava, and is coming to us live from Newport Beach, California. So please welcome Summer Anderson to the Influential You podcast. Hi, Summer. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love that part because everyone's like, whoa, that was really nice. There was a lot of compliments there. Yeah, I but, know. You know. It's like, wow, that's amazing. Thanks, Josh. I, I feel welcome. pumped up today. <laughs> In your own words, could you tell us a little bit more about your role and what you do with CRG? Yes, I'm a managing director with CRG. We are a retained executive search firm, and we specialize in helping companies think through who do they need to be led by at the top so that they're able to get to the next level, whatever that might look like, um, whether they're going through a big pivot, meaning digital transformation, or they're going through rapid growth, let's say 100 million to 500 million. How do you get there? Usually the team that you have in place today can't take you where you need to go. And so we help get that right the first time. Wow, and I imagine with some of the things that we we teach, some they may be really valuable with the different transactional personalities. Just so our listeners know, which transactional personality do you most identify with? So I, I came to Influence Ecology, Influence mm -hmm. You, yep. Influential You as a producer. Okay. And what this program helped me do was to become a performer. Ah, okay. So you use more of the performer skill set then is what you, where you're more comfortable? Yeah. If I, if I, today I can do all the things a performer needs to do to thrive. But when I started, I didn't know how. I like that. I like that a lot because a lot of people realize that it's not just about taking on that personality. It's about meeting the mood where you are in the transaction so that you can exchange powerfully with that mood. Uh, does that does that kind of sound a little bit more of what you're, you're saying? Yeah. Yes. Because I grew up in the business. I knew how to execute search. I knew how to go find the right people, do the research, make sure the wheel stayed on the train but go out and get new business. I didn't know how to do that. 
Hmm. And that's what you said. That's what you said. That's perfect lead. And you're the best guest by far. <laughs> uh, yeah. You were, we were challenged with that. And that was really why you came to study with us is that there was something going on with you weren't sure how to maybe say your value. Tell, tell me more about that. Tell me a little bit more about what that is. Cause I'm yeah. flabbergasted. You're one of the people that I'd be like, Oh, she knows exactly how to tell you how valuable she is. <laughs> yeah, let, let me hear more about that from you. Yeah. So, you know, as somebody who knows how to really make sure things are, any project is going to stay, running on rails. I've been doing that since I was in my 20s, right? And I worked for some really tough guys who became amazing mentors to me. The quality of what I learned how to create had everything to do with the time they invested in me and taught me their craft. What I didn't know how to do was to be able to pivot into business development. I didn't know what do I say? How do I know where I am in, in the cycle, right? The, the, once I understood that there was a transaction cycle and the team started to walk me through what it was and also to pay attention to my biology, it's like, oh, so I'm not alone feeling frustrated that I don't, I feel like I should know this and I don't know. That was huge. And also to have a group around me that was really pretty wonderful, including Jack. Jack was part of my first group. Um, oh, Jack Nesbitt? Uh-huh. Yeah. And Jack was one of those that leaned in and said, you know what? I can see you're struggling with your biology. Let's talk about it. It was so good because nobody else was calling me on my stuff. And that's mm -hmm. kind of the value of that, that group environment where you start to just really kind of do some soul searching about, okay, why is it broken? Why don't I know how to do this? What do I need to hone and create in me? What knowledge do I need? Mm. And then to have that laid out piece by piece was so valuable. I, I love that. And I, I think that's a really good thing because the next thing we usually ask is during the program, you learned a certain skill set or you learned something that you took with you. And, and, and when you answered, uh, you said, you know, that you're, you're, you're really constructing that transaction, knowing the kind of the moves and phases of where you are in the exchange. Could you tell me a little bit more about that and kind of like the small steps that you learned to take in the transactions? Yeah, it's funny because I actually described this to a friend of mine this weekend because he's in the middle of building a business and that's what happened, right? I had decided to take a big leap off of a very large cliff and start my own business in 15. And it was thanks to a couple of really important people like Paul Adams, who said, you really should take a look at this. You really need this. I want to see you fly, um, not fall. And so when I started out, I first really fought it. Do I, do I really need this? Why is this important? I'm really, my biology is kind of going off. I had lots of conversations. And then what happened was I realized, oh, if I can frame the pain of those in front of me, that prospect, that potential customer who needs my help, but I can help them understand why they need my help because of the words coming out of their mouths. And some of the weapons of influence, that was mm. really, that was a huge turning point for me. Like, oh my gosh, there's actually a thing out there that I can use that helps me get the results and then to use them and watch it happen was, and then I was hooked. I'm like, all right, show me what else. So, and also getting to a place, I remember John 
um, actually sat down with me and helped me walk through the where the breakdown was happening, which was awesome. I, I felt so honored that he would do that. And it was tremendously helpful to say, I don't think you're really establishing the pain. You think you are. I don't think you are. Yeah. So it's really valuable. Day, go ahead. Yeah. No, go ahead. I, I like when, when John, because I get to do that all the time, right? John is constantly helping me with producing breakdowns or helping people see, hey, this may not be going as great as you think it's going. Uh, let's look at, let's take another look at it and really kind of putting up that mirror to saying, hey, just so you know, mm-hmm. you might not be doing as well as you think you are telling yourself you're doing well. And this is what it sounds like. And yeah. so working with him in that direction and, and kind of how we do with the clients has always been fun for me, but scary is all get out because I just I just want you to like me and that's really my my performerness coming out. Um, I guess I'll ask this question because I see you as someone who's kind of the upper echelon. You're starting your own um, business. You're really looking to build your own team. What would you tell someone who is in your position that hey maybe at the beginning you were, they were fighting it. They were fighting hey I don't need help. I can do this myself. What yeah. would you kind of say to that? What was your experience like on that realm? First, what you're feeling is normal. Yeah. Right. And most of it's fear. You're almost protecting yourself from from what you're afraid you can't do. In reality, you can, but it's like following a recipe. I mean, the first time I followed one of Julia Child's recipes, I thought, I'm going to really mess this up. But lo and behold, the end of it, I was like, that was pretty good. So in some ways, what this is, is a, you know, a recipe for cordon bleu, and you've never, ever made it before. Mm -hmm. And at the end of it, I can tell you, I hoped and prayed that my compensation would reflect it someday. And it is now. That, that's the part that made me really excited when I saw your survey in the, the beforehand is, hey, what is life like since the fundamentals of transactions, since mechanics and practice? Now that you've had some time to do the work, labor, action that was necessary, how are things going now? Tell me a little bit about what life's like now with your business. Yeah. Well, I sold my business in 19 to ZRG. ZRG is a global executive search fund or firm. And so... The beautiful part was that was one of my goals. I knew I wanted to get into a bigger boat, right? Being a tiny search firm in the midst of change, COVID, recession, it's not the greatest place because search is what we call lumpy in the market, right? Mm -hmm. People decide they pull back and they don't need search help when they're in the middle of crisis, even though they probably need it even more. It's just generally one of those things that gets cut. So I knew that we needed a bigger boat in order to survive anything that was oncoming. And I knew that we had built a a book of business that was worthy of being sold. But what I had learned how to do through this process was now saleable. So they bought us in exchange for stock, which was great. So we didn't have to go through the whole um, long drawn out process of valuate or putting a value against my business or the valuation process. We were able to then onboard and I was able to bring my team with me. And from there, I'm we're shooting for 1.5 to 2 million this year in revenues that I will generate. Um, 
part of that is I started out on my back foot when I started at ZRG, I will tell you. But what I did is I put into practice a couple of things. One, I was more planful in my senior project is what I call it, my, my map project. Uh -huh. <laughs> I think a senior, like a thesis, right? Yeah. Was on something called Lumen. And Lumen has become the engine for my business, but it's also been the engine for relationship and also operating at ever higher levels in the ecosystem. Um, and that has been the most fun. Now I feel like I'm on the playground because I have the tools to do that. I didn't before. Now I do. Now I, and I, now I can do it with confidence, which is different, right? I used yeah. to be afraid. It, it sounds like, um, you know, the moves and phases, like really biting, getting it down to bite-sized chunks and knowing where you're at in the transactions was helpful in, in kind of setting some of that up, if I'm hearing you right. And then secondly, you talked a little about the levers of influence and uh, they used to be called weapons. And I guess Cialdini found out that, oh, that's offensive <laughs> for us millennials. And so I apologize <laughs> on behalf of my generation. But he also added a new one that you and I really kind of worked on, I think, in mechanics and practice, unity which wasn't there before. So now it's unity, reciprocation, commitment and consistency, liking, authority, social proof and scarcity. And it's it's fun for me because that's how you and I kind of got to, you know, build our relationship. Was it was, "Hey, you're in mechanics and practice. I'm the new client manager. I've never met you before. How can I support you?" And watching you kind of work your way through the mechanics and practice program with all of the things that were going on in your busy life that was going on day to day. I think you were working on the book. I think you were doing a lot of different things. Um, how did you, like in the end, when you look back at that time, mm -hmm. how were you able to manage all of those different things that you wanted and still be a mother of three and still be a wife of 26 years and all of the other things that are, you know, a woman has to do in the workplace? So it's interesting. So during my, during the build of the business, the one thing that I learned was you have to be planful. Mm. But I don't think I fully understood what planning looked like until I had to plan out when on my calendar, am I actually going to do this work? Mm. When am I and being planful in that way? That spread to um, a process, a system called Best Self Tracker, which I believe Paul introduced me to. And then I pulled it, Paul Adams, I pulled that into a spreadsheet, which essentially drives my annual, my quarterly, my weekly, my daily goals. And I, I have a practice of doing the prep for the week on Sundays. And at the end of every month, I have to look at my quarterly goals. How am I doing? And I actually was doing it this weekend just as a kind of a look-see. I was feeling, and, and it's interesting because I was feeling a little um, a little bummed, like mm. had, had the summer blahs, like, uh, I don't know where I'm going to find the energy to keep going, right? I just want to go on vacation again. But when I dug into the what I get to do, and how I'm going to do it and started planning, my excitement level came up, my energy level came up. And I was like, oh, that's right. Rigor and practice and planning is actually fun once you know how to do it. Learning how stinks. It's hard. <laughs> it's not fun. No, it's no fun. <laughs> it's a little bit like water skiing. You know, you've got water in your face. You're just totally underwater and you crash and the whole thing. But once you learn how, it's just fun. Yeah, I, I love what you're saying because what you're talking to is really um, what for, for those people that haven't been joining us and you're just jumping in and we're talking with Summer Anderson. We're going to talk about her new book in a second. But 
the art of deliberate practice and the idea that, hey, to deliberately practice a thing, even if it's uncomfortable, right? It's designed to improve performance. Uh, it's, I mean, feedback is readily available. You, you can go down all the lists. And the last one is not much fun because you're repeating it a lot. And it's, oh, it's so repetitive and so annoying. And for someone with me who's got the ADHD and is bouncing off the walls and I don't like to do things multiple times, that can be the bane of my existence. So mm -hmm. uh, thank you for showing us that it is possible <laughs> because you, per, you persevered enough to get that all going and then come out with a new book. So tell us a little bit more about your brand new book that just came out. Well, I'm gonna, I'll tell you that the book was in the spreadsheet and that's, so the, you asked a question that earlier, like how did you get it all done? Mm -hmm. Without the spreadsheet, there's no way, you, you can't keep your finger on all, everything. Yeah. However, Micro Habits, which Atomic Habits is one of my favorite books by James Clear, and then The Power of Habit, which I think you guys introduced me to, both of those, what it talks about is it's not about winning the war, the battle, the race in one go. It is incremental hard work on a regular basis. And sometimes it's not even that hard. Like I'll, I'll give you an example. And this is directly out of um, Atomic Habits. He's, James Clear is interviewing this woman who is a featherweight champion. She's got her belt, right? And he's being interviewed, what was what was great about it? What was hard about it? And she's like, you know what? The hardest part about winning this title was getting out of bed, putting on my shoes. But by the time I hailed the cab, the workout was as good as done. That's it. It's willing ourselves to sit down on a Sunday night for 30 minutes and plan the week. Check out where your revenues are. Are they where you thought? Maybe it's better. Oh, you got a gift, right? It's being willing to be inspected and also have someone else in the, in the game with you that's inspecting you for accountability. That's how you get it done. And that's how I got the book done. I, I hired an editor. I hired someone to help me with my, my flow. Like this is the outline. And then basically my editor said, I want 20 pages this week. And I'd be like, oh, Man, where am I going to put twenty pages? I went back to my I went back to my my basics of you better calendar it. So I started writing that book. I mean, there were there were you know bouts of time where it was, you know, I'd have a week break or you know in between projects when I had my own company. Then you can do big chunks. But what really got it done was Saturday mornings from six to ten. And then my teenagers would get up. <laughs> Time was up. <laughs> so that's how I got it written. It's incremental change and push and accountability. That's it. So good. And when you say accountable, if you're the performer like, like me in the, in the performer mindset, a lot of times letting down that person is enough um, mm -hmm. of a, I guess, penalty or consequence to get yeah. it done. Are you the same way with that? It certainly helps. It certainly helps, right? The performer in me, but the producer in me still exists. Ah. And the other thing that, um, that was really interesting, there was the other idea, oh, I'm going to forget where it came from, but essentially that once you socially commit, 
mm. to something you're going to do enough and loud enough, you better get it done or you're going to look yeah. silly. So I kind of made it a process to make sure I told enough people I was writing a book. <laughs> people that mattered to me and would be like, what do you mean it's not done? <laughs> that was a huge push. It was such a huge help to me. So, good. yeah. So good. I'm going to, I'm going to tell you, Cialdini commitment and consistency. Has there that it is. Written. There you. you. <laughs> but that's, that's, that's why you. I love your book, right? Like I'm now, and I didn't get past, I know I told, texted you last night and told you I was on eight and I was going to get past, I, I didn't do it. But I will tell you this, no it's, it's just page after page of really good things that you've researched, that you've learned, that have helped you. Um, and, and so I'd love to talk more about kind of that. And I know that you said that, you know, you are on the, the book is built on the premise that great leadership begins with the purpose-driven mindset. Um, right. Tell us more about kind of the the premise of the book, where you want it to go. Tell me, tell me about your aims for what you want that book to do. Yeah. So the, the book is the long game, right? When I'm 75, I want to write and speak. Mm. When I, you know, that's, that's the long game. But in order to get there, there has to be enough data. There has to be a track record. You have to be credible and that takes time. So, you know, serving on boards and doing things like this, that's what I want to do. So that's the in the category of what I want to do. I have a, a really wise friend who I adore, and she is the one who picked me up on a day when I was having a particularly tough time. Um, we went for a walk. Uh, her name was Wendy. And Wendy has a design business, and she creates these beautiful homes on the cliffs of Laguna Beach, $30 million homes, right? the penthouses in Manhattan and she never lacks her work. She fires the jerks and she is just delightful to be with. So I'm like, Wendy, what are you doing? Right. And give me your secret sauce. And she said, it's intention and it's consistency. And so she had me hooked for the rest of that walk. Okay. Pulling everything out of her. And she said, you know, it's, it's not just, um, having setting an intention and then moving on, it's making sure you're ruminating on it enough so that you can write it down. And what I came to in the book was that it's a lot like the architectural process. This is actually Covey speaking to, which I love mm -hmm. Covey, yeah. but nothing can exist in the physical until it goes from the mental to language. Yes. Right. If we think about the architectural process, we're thinking about the dream house. We really, really want it but we sit down with our significant other to describe what it was we want. And they look at us like we're crazy. Like I'm not getting you. It's not until we start sketching and passing things back and forth on a napkin over date night, or finally getting to a place where we have language, where you want a mid-century modern house, or you want a Tuscan villa, or you want to, right? Now we're going to hand this concept over to an architect. Here's our budget, go to town, now we can start to be planful about it, right? So now what we've got is some language that helps us to describe the what we can do and where we, what, what our limitations are. There's a load-bearing wall in the middle of that house, our house, that can't move. So you can't blow the kitchen out that way, mm. right? But you can do this. Here's some other options, right? It opens 
but you start to get more specific about what the plan is. The same is true for our lives. And that's why I'm so passionate about it. When leaders are purpose-driven and have the language to describe what it is they're after, who it is they're becoming, this is how I intend to show up with the outcomes, the aims that I have, then everything starts to swing into focus. So if I have a bad day and I'm unkind to one of my kids, well, first teenagers will tell you, but second, I know I got to go back and apologize because I wasn't the me I intended, mm. right? Mm. But unless I have the language for whom I am, I am intending to be, it's, you know, it's kind of squishy. So really the book ultimately is, it, it is ultimate accountability. If I'm gonna write about this, I probably should be able to do it. <laughs> and yeah. I should probably also acknowledge that I fall down all the time, but with consistency and commitment and believing that it's gonna get better, I become a better leader, I become a better mom and wife, friend, colleague, that's the key. So <laughs> where is it going to answer your question? Do you, you want me to keep going or do you want to? Oh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm loving all of it. Uh, I do want to make sure that you do plug it again. So do make sure that you tell us oh. the name of the book and where they can buy it. This is Start With End. Well done. <laughs> yeah, perfect. Uh, it is uh, Start With End, Better ROI Begins With You. You can find it on Amazon or you can also find it on my website, which will also direct you to a few other podcasts events and so on so start within now.com perfect start within now.com now i'm gonna i'm gonna say a couple things that i saw i read in the book um yeah. and yes. one of the things you talk a lot about brain chemistry and mm -hmm. i was blown away because my first uh, anything with brain and really thinking about it was your brain at work which is in the mechanics and practice program as well mm -hmm. tell us more about kind of being hooked on cortisol and adrenaline and why you think that may hurt the culture and the ROI in a person's business. Yeah. So the, the hypothesis behind this book is that there's significant cultural poverty in corporate America today. Hmm. I was watching executives blow their lives up over a career limiting move or telling me they were trying not to and still doing it. They were acting like addicts. So I started going to town on reading about neuroscience and understanding why is it that we sometimes will do the crazy things like go on vacation and pick a fight with our spouse about where we're going to dinner <laughs> or, or spend loads of time planning an event and then show up late. Why do we take our gym bag in our car and then leave it there for the whole you know, six months? <laughs> Why? What's going on? So I, what I realized is that um, dependent on what we're thinking, which is why clarity is so important, we're either popped up on cortisol and adrenaline, which is crisis management. That is not a good place to live because when we are operating in cortisol and adrenaline, our bodies are mimicking what's going on, right? So the at first, I think a thought about that stress related. My brain starts to scramble and my brain waves start to do this. So Joe Dispenza talks mm -hmm. about a lot. He does a great job of, of outlining 
high beta is not the great place to go and make loads of decisions because all of the blood is flowing from your brain to different parts of your body, your heart, your muscles, so that you can fight or run. But your poor brain is left hanging. There's no blood there to make great decisions, say smart things. So if you're flipping out in a meeting or losing your temper or worried, you're less likely to come up with that innovative idea or you're, you're not also thinking about the person next to you. So for example, if I'm in fight or flight, I'm thinking about me. I'm not centered. Yeah. I'm, I'm watching out for my own hide. Am I thinking about how, how I'm coming off to the person next to me? No, because all I can think about is where, where do I run? Conversely, if I go into that same room and I'm having a conversation with someone and I'm tuning into them, listening to them, oxytocin and dopamine starts to jump because those are the bonding drugs. Those are the feel good drugs. And if every time we're together, we have fun and we create stuff because we're operating in something called alpha and alpha brainwaves look more like this, right? Alpha is where you live to be in the flow. So pro athletes know how to throw themselves into that as well as executives or anybody who's mastered their craft. Right. They know exactly what they've got to do. The interesting thing is whether or not you're an alpha and you've got those long sweeping, you know, or you're in high beta, your heart is mimicking. So if you can feel your breath short, shortening and it's sort of erratic, chances are good. Your brain's in the same spot. So the big question is, is how do you how do you change that? Right. Yeah. Yeah. The antidote to being in fear or being frustrated or feeling anger and being in cortisol and adrenaline is curiosity. Be curious. What does this person know that I don't? Or, and it can't be a, a snarky <laughs> curiosity. It can't be like, what the heck, right? It's got to be genuine curiosity about the person in front of you, about the situation at hand. The other thing is, is gratitude. And sometimes you cannot be grateful for the person in front of you because they're making you crazy, but you can say, <laughs> right? But you can be grateful for your pencil. You can be grateful for the air conditioning in the room. You can be grateful for, and then pretty soon you're getting into more important elements of gratitude. That switches everything from cortisol and adrenaline over to dopamine and oxytocin. It's it's fascinating to me just because of, uh, I, I was literally introduced to Joe Dispenza by Matthew Hagem maybe two months ago. And I kind of, oh, okay, whatever. And then it, since then, it just keeps coming up over and over again. And now mm -hmm. I had to buy a couple of books to find out what's going on there because I can't just, meh, I really need to stop. Wait, what is this person teaching me that I might be needing to lead? And I did it, multiple authors for me. When I hear them start reading, I, I, I start reading their books and I go, ah, can't. I can't do another page because there's it's just coming through the page. And when you humble yourself and really look at what am I trying to do here? What am I learning? What am I doing? It really changes the whole environment for the learning process. One of my favorite quotes is from Toastmaster. Ralph Smedley started Toastmasters. He said, if you're not having fun, you're not learning. Yeah. And that changed my entire view of education and how I how I approach things. So give us the give us the the book one more time. And then the website again is start within now. 
com, and that's it. Start within Summer Anderson, because uh, I know Tina Clay was asking for it. We've had other, other people that are already like getting up the chat. My phone's getting blown up. So um, we we like to give people a soapbox moment, and I feel like this has been one soapbox moment after another because you're so <laughs> passionate about, and because I've read the book and I'm hearing it again. But if you had to kind of give us a, a soapbox moment, a, a thing that you want to really, you know, this is my point. This is what I want to say on this podcast. What would that soapbox moment be for you? I would probably say, so um, among the things that I was planful about, there was something called Lumen Network, okay. which came as a result of a conversation that I had with um, one of my colleagues. We had lunch with numerous C-suite Fortune 500 females who were interested in board seats. And this was after the law in California changed and you needed to have diversity on your board. The women that we met with surprisingly said, I would love to be on boards. I know I'm qualified. I know I've got a lot of great things to say, but look, I've got aging parents. I've got kids in high school, college, about to have a baby, about to get married or whatever else a life event was going on in their life. And I have this giant operating role. When am I supposed to find the time to play 18 holes of golf? I'm just not, it's not happening. We heard that again and again until we said, all right, what if we put you in a room with other women in your geographic area for dinner twice a year? Women who were givers and women who are hand-selected and they're hand-selected by nomination. And I know that sounds very elitist, but let me tell you why. They need to be somebody who others see as an other-centered leader. They're already living what I was writing about. When those women are in a room together, what happens is they are givers, they're listening differently. And that's a crew that will bond incredibly fast. And they will help each other, they will lift each other, they will take time for each other. That's very different than someone who's looking out for numero uno. Mm -hmm. Why am I so passionate about this? Is I believe that when we elevate diverse leaders, and also leaders that are male and wonderful and white as well and have that same giving capability. When we are elevating that type of leader, everything's going to change inside of corporate America. We will not see this epidemic any longer. More importantly, is that those are all those people are leaders of others and influence moms and dads or our moms and dads themselves. This goes down to the playground. I was watching this happen with my kids. If my kids had learned from an early age, here's how you battle feeling angry. You get curious. Wow, what a different playground we would have. What kind of leaders would be in ASB at high school? Mm. That's my passion. So here's the exciting little kicker. Uh, one of my good friends who I was introduced by a client to, her name is Sarah Dean, has created a platform called Mevolution or Mevolution. Check it out. Mevolution gives you a, a quick, what is it called? Um, a, an assessment, if you will. You have to pick a couple of blockers that you're working on. And as a result, you will have a chat bot coach that you can talk to at 2 a.m and help you work through some stuff. And I can tell you firsthand that it's helping me 
and then it's helped others. The kicker is that if we can get at least, I think it's 500,000 users on the platform, what we have is really powerful data to be able to make this kind of change, not just in the workplace, but for college students, for elementary school kids, kids that can't afford coaching and the help they need because they just don't have access. So that's my plug. Uh, my heart. Uh, I mean, you, you're probably not going to find, if you do find someone today with a bigger heart than Summer Anderson, you go give them a big hug if ask permission first. Uh, Summer Anderson, thank you so much. Her book is Start Within. You can find all about what she's talking about uh, in the book. You can find about it at startwithinnow.com. And she's very personable. You'll love her. Thank you so much, Summer, for being on our podcast today. We're going to move to close, which means that she goes away. And that's so sad because she's so much better looking than me. Ah, thank you so much, Summer. Thank you, Josh. <laughs> now, if you'd like to know more about Summer, please do go to startwithinnow.com. But if you'd like to know more about us, please go to influentialu.global and explore our courses, consulting, and conferences. We offer a four-year curriculum for those seeking an advanced experience. However, if you're brand new to Influential U, we recommend that you start with Thrive. It's self-guided training. Thrive is a self-guided program that lets you learn at your own pace. Thrive members enjoy weekly live e-coaching sessions that I'm going to jump on right now and an ever-expanding library of exclusive video lessons with our faculty, thought leaders like Summer that you just heard now, and industry experts. You'll get proven proprietary tools to accurately assess your career and develop a realistic strategy to achieve your aims faster. Your membership also includes chat, access to faculty, plus discounts to our transformative conferences. Sign up today and you can use promo code 20OFF, that's 20OFF, for a 20% discount on the monthly subscription. That coupon code is 20OFF20OFF. Next week, we interview Taran Jackson, whose new book, Choosing Resilience, All Things Work Together for Good, is a beautiful testimony and filled with the heartbreak and hope. It's filled with the true story of Taran's fight to survive the loss of his wife and the devastation of his body, which ultimately results in an amputation of a leg. Did that get your attention? Then you'll want to be with us next week for his interview. Thank you so much for joining us today. Each week we stream live at 2 p.m. Pacific on our website, Facebook, LinkedIn, and YouTube so you can easily share it with others if you find value. You can also subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, or any place that you get your podcasts and it'll be out the next day. Check out our show notes for links to connect with our guests, plus links to websites, books, or special downloads that were talked about in today's episode. This podcast is made possible by the Influential Youth staff, faculty, and members around the world with special thanks to our executive producer, Tyson Crandall, and contributions from Michael Teehee, Joey Anderley, Daryl Anderley, Paul West, and today, Summer Anderson. The Influential You podcast is produced by Influence Ecology, LLC in Ventura, California. This episode was recorded on September 7th, 2022. The podcast theme is by Chris Standring, entitled Fast Trained Everywhere. And you haven't yet offered a rating or review, I ask that you take a moment and go to iTunes or your podcast app and let us know what you think. This helps us more than you know. We'll see you next week for another Influential You podcast.
Thank you.